0: Thank you, Brother yeah. Neville. So glad to be here, Brother Neville, and uh, the opportunity to set in these heavenly places again in Christ Jesus. Amen. And numbers never did bother me. <laughs> it always Amen. excites me, you know, more I'm more at home when I'm with a small number, because that's uh, what I think the Church is. Amen. Yeah, I have a scripture for that, that says, Fear not little flock.
1: <laughs> it's your
0: your Father's goodwill to give you the kingdom. And, I would. Uh, that's the little flock I want to be numbered with at that day, the one that he said not to fear. Uh, yeah. And we're very happy for the privilege of coming down tonight. And I didn't come with the intention of speaking just a few moments ago. Um, uh, there was someone who had uh, come to the door, and uh, while I was at the study, getting some context ready. For some texts that I want to use now right away in the oncoming meetings of Phoenix and Tucson and through there, and um, I was just uh, getting really fed up in the spiritual you know, the good things of God about an ultimate and uh, a subject on ultimate. And um, my wife came and she told me that there was someone uh, that come to see me, and I I didn't get it just right. And then afterwards, what? said, are you going to be down at the church tonight? And I said, I think so. And I went on trying to keep in the spirit of what I was doing. And she came back and said, it was a sick man. <laughs> was coming to be prayed for. I said, well, then I'll go down to church anyhow. See, it was pray for the sick. I always, that's, you know, those things are, we should get to them as quick as possible no. when people are sick and needy. Ever who's been sick knows how to appreciate Uh, what it means to be healed by God's great healing power. And such a wonderful thing it is. What a privilege. Now, next coming Sunday, if the Lord is willing, Brother Neville and none of them has anything special, uh, I thought next Sunday morning I I bring my Christmas message to the people. Because letting... um, uh, letting them, uh, some of them come from far away, you know, and like Georgia and uh, different places. And that'll let them get back in time to do their Christmas shopping and things. And uh, Billy just come out and told me, said, my sister Dolores, next Sunday evening, just before service, has some kind of a little um, a little um, uh, gifts for the kids, a little program here. They'll go to, you know, a little Christmas play that they want to put on before the services start. And I said, well, that'll be in the Sunday evening, won't it? said, yes. I said, that won't interfere a bit, Then, uh, yeah, well, See, next Tuesday is Christmas Eve. Then if... Uh, or next Tuesday week is Christmas. Yeah. So that would press the people, you see, and then have to go back home on Christmas Eve and on Monday. So I thought that I... Yeah, two weeks, that's yeah. right. Two weeks is right. So I thought maybe I'd come tonight and let the people know, if the Lord is willing, and Brother Neville has nothing yeah. special that uh, I usually like to give my Christmas message to the church and my Easter message and whatever the Lord puts upon my heart to give. And uh, next Sunday, the Lord willing, uh, next Sunday morning, uh, I give, and the reason I take it of a morning instead of an evening, for the people that come from far away, they have the afternoon to travel so they can get home, you see. And I would rather have it at night. I think the evening is much better. I, I like the evening service. When the sun goes down, something or another, it was God in the Garden of Eden to Adam would come up in the cool of the evening and talk to Adam. Yeah, see? And I like the evening service. But um, uh, in a way, the circumstances are here that it would be better that I had it uh, a morning and uh, so the people can get away. And I'm grateful that the tabernacle is being uh, extended out here into the next uh, place out uh, past the year. Sure having some more room added to it after all the stewing and fussing finally we got it in <laughs> you know old brother bosworth used to have a sense of humor said the baby that cries the loudest gets the most attention so <laughs>
1: that's kind of a
0: whole lot <laughs> you know and um so i think it pays this crowd a little bit don't you think so so um I want to comment, Brother Anthony and his associates here, for that lovely music. I just walked in and heard that. And you know them instruments, is trumpets, I've wanted one of my children, at least one of them, to play a trumpet, I, I, and them blowing instruments. Becky started on the piano, but she's that little teenage something, you know, that uh, she wants to give it up now. And, And she started, a teacher said they'd have to start on popper music. Not. not, I don't mean, you know what I mean, overtures and so forth of classic music in order to get the religious music to it. When she gets up to her her high grades and that, then she thinks, well, I'll just quit. And uh, kids are a problem. And anyhow, it has to be a calling of God to begin with. I believe her sister Sarah back there was going to beat her anyhow. I never had a lesson, so, uh, so then uh, the calling of God is better when it's gifted like that. But I like a trumpet. I remember the, when they dedicated this tabernacle at the corner, the trumpets rang for a half a day out here. Praise down at the cross where my Savior died, down there for pardon for sin Lord. I cried, there to my heart was the blood applied when I was dropping in my context into the cornerstone. Now, I remember one night at Trinity Methodist Church when old Dr. Marson, many of you people that lived back in my days remember Dr. Marson, an old sainted man, Asbury lost one of the greatest men since Asbury, when they lost Dr. Marson to his age, a godly old man. And I always loved to hear him preach. And, um, I uh, went over to hear him, to Trinity Methodist Church there, and that night two boys stepped out in the little balcony just as my wife and I were walking up and they were holding their trumpets in the air like that and those instruments there, and they played that down at the cross where my Savior died, Amen. that big cross up on top revolving around. I just stood on the street and listened to my hands. just begin to praise God right out. I couldn't help it. There's some kind of an emotion within a born-again Christian Amen. when it pulsates or something has to happen. That's all there's to it. Oh, uh, there's nothing like an old-time Christian. Hallelujah. Wouldn't take nothing for it. In my experience, wouldn't swap it for no riches of the world, the whole world and all, the solar system and all, or what uh, Jesus has taught me of himself. There's a certain man that says thus, every time I look back, my heart jumps. It's the man I seen taking communion the other night walks on a crutch. Did anybody ever tell you you look like Oral Roberts? <laughs> 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 I tell you every time I. How many. You've seen Oral Roberts, yeah, really, all of you. If he do not look like Oral Roberts, I just have to look back. And uh, I think he's a little bigger man than Oral is, but just the look way he combs his hair and his forehead and his features and yeah. always kind of a dignified-looking person sitting like Oral. And so I, I always think, Brother Oral, <laughs> there's just something like him. Brother Oral's starting some kind of a Bible school out there now, I believe, or something I heard about the other day. Uh, what? University. University, yes. Brother Carl Williams is one of his... Um, uh ultimate of some sort. I don't know just what it is now. Now um now remember Sunday the Lord willing we'll start uh, I have the Easter the Christmas message and then um I'm, I'm grateful about the tabernacle being started and then um uh I hope that this Will be not only an addition to number, but it will be the addition to grace oh, that God will grant our church, grant. our movement, our, not movement, but our congregation that we have assembled yeah, together. Yeah. We love it. And, and I'd just like to say this I'm not going to take much time, but I have many things I ought to say, but it not it would take too much time. But I'd like to say this, it's something that I can not say, there's things everyone understands that you know, and it's in the name of the Lord, yet you cannot say it, you see? You've got to keep it to yourself, see? But a certain event that's moving up, and has been for some time, that's fixing to take place, that I have been alarmed at watching the Holy Spirit move among the people to that spot, and them knowing not one earthly thing, see, but see the Holy Spirit moving to that, I'll reveal it to the Lord within some convenient time. Now, remember, that shows God among them. As someone, I believe, Brother Yes, uh, said a while ago, Brother... Um, uh, Neville, said that uh, God, uh, uh, not accounting a our, our disorder among us, our misbehavings in his sight At the uh, seer that went to look upon Israel and could see it with the natural eye, how unorderly it was, how that they had did wrong. And they should be cursed. But what the bishop failed to see was that smitten rock, that brass serpent, see, making atonement. So, you see, when uh, when Balaam looked upon Israel, he saw a reason to curse them, see? But when God looked upon them, he saw the atonement. And he said you're like a unicorn. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Who will put anything in your way? How <laughs> godly, how righteous are thy things. That's the way God saw them, see? Not the way man saw them, not the way the, the great dignitaries saw them, but the way he saw them. Oh, God, Amen. let that be my portion. <laughs> let that be my portion, for I have nothing within myself that I could claim. Nothing in my hands I bring, <laughs> just simply to thy cross I cling. See, that's all we have. Well, this is prayer meeting night, or not prayer meeting night, but uh, this is kind of an evangelistic group here. We Amen. we like this place of the Word. And uh, maybe I'd like to speak to you tonight for a few minutes. Many of you that would Amen. like to turn in the scripture uh, well do you know the strange thing that opened just exactly to to the text of I was going to read as uh, strange as first Corinthians the eleventh chapter Hallelujah. and uh, some uh, notes that I had uh, wrote down here somewhere in here that I was thinking of if I can find it just now um, on first Corinthians the the, the uh, 11th chapter, right here it is. Right. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Great. Now, before we approach the Word, let's approach the author, the, uh, who is the Word. That we might ask for mercy and for his blessings while we study him who is the Word. Let us pray. O Lord God, full of grace and mercy, who has been willing through the age after man had sinned and put that great chasm between him and thee, one that he could not cross back by himself, he was absolutely, totally lost without a way back. But the God full of all grace was willing to take a substitute in his place and brought him back. That has thrilled the hearts of all that's ever known of thee, Lord, how that in thy great love and grace you took a substitute. And as we have just got to expressing it, Lord it's on that substitute that we rely on tonight. That one who died instead of us sinners. That righteous one who was taken up on him our unrighteousness. It is in him that we trust. Now we solemnly come to his word with bowed hearts and heads in reverence and in respect and in gratefulness and asking that you will send to us tonight grace by the Holy Spirit and will give us the the bread of life that we need to sustain us. You know exactly what we have need of. And we know that Thou hast promised that if we would ask, we shall receive. We would remember tonight, Lord, all those that we know that sick and needy, that the grace of God will be given to them in great abundance. And Father, we pray for those who have fallen away, that this coming on holiday will Bring um, remembrance to their heart that from where they once was and have fallen to the uh, outward space of your fellowship, God, we pray that they'll return. Grant it, Lord. Return to the congregation, to to the assembly of the firstborn return back to where there is grace and mercy and love and kindness and healing of our souls, our minds, and our bodies. Grant it, Lord. Bless the Word tonight, strengthen us all, and give us of thy blessings as we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Now, for just a few moments, I'd like... To call your attentions to First Corinthians, eleventh chapter, twenty third, twenty fourth, and twenty fifth verse. For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had gave thanks, he brake it, and it said, Take and eat this. Is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. If I should call this just a little text, that I like to refer to would be this, remembering the Lord. It sounds like a night that, or a message that should have been preached on last Sunday in the Lord's Supper, but I want to approach it just in a little different angle for a few minutes while we collect our uh, thinkings together and in worship of the Lord. Oh. We could, of course, begin with the Lord's table, because that is a good place where we all remember. Okay. Remembering the Lord at His table, which really the text refers to that. Amen. But uh, uh, that's Paul said that, we are to take the cup and and to drink uh, the the blood and to eat the kosher bread in remembrance to remember what he did for us. Amen. As as you do it, you don't want to make it just a common everyday thing. You want to really come remembering the Lord. Okay. Mm? Remember that it was. His grace and His mercy and that alone that gives you the the only hope that you have. No matter what you would ever do, there is nothing, nowhere that can anyways come near what Christ did for you. Amen. I have had a sad experience this week. And yet a glorious one, I could call it, I buried a brother that once sat with us here. And many of you know the occasion. It was our gracious brother Rogers, Busty Rogers as we called him, Everett. And uh, uh, Brother Banks Wood here, and Brother uh, Sofman, we went together to the funeral service. And and, uh, I took a ride in the snow out to the old place where I had first buried him Hallelujah. about twenty-five years ago. That time when I buried him, it was in muddy water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we passed over the old familiar bridge there at Totten's Ford, I was speaking to my brethren and said, one day when a certain denominational minister had had a, a big tent there, he said, um, that little ratty down there at the Baptist church that's uh, baptizing the people in the name of Jesus Christ, he said, if any person that even was baptized in such a way would not even be welcome under my tent, and at that time there happened to be some setting there that had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and that was Brother George Wright and his family. They just only thing they could do was not go back. So that day at the Ford all he just left his meeting and had come down to kindly watch on and his congregation was standing there and I got up to the place and it'd been a rain up the hills up there and the muddy fields had washed in its little tributaries that got the Blue River very muddy. I walked out into the water around waist deep, and I, the one of the trustees or deacons rather handed me of the Bible and I read where Peter said on the day of Pentecost Repent every one of you. And to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sin, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It was that day that Georgie Carter was laying there trying to raise her hands, only weighing about sixty-something pounds, been nine years and eight months in the bed without moving, and her people, the church that she belonged to, had said, if anybody even come to my meeting to be excommunicated from their fellowship at the church. And so it was that same evening that she was instantly healed, and then she wanted to be baptized, like the little nail girl that was up there that saw a vision. And you know the story: her hands and legs drawn up, and went into vision, and the power of the Spirit laid hands Hallelujah. up on her. And there she come out and was healed. And so she had belonged to the same. Well, it was a Methodist church, the Methodist minister, Brother Smith was one standing on the bank of his congregation, and I started to baptizing in the Bible, Christian baptism. And about the time I'd baptized five or six people, all of a sudden the lions and fowls broke up there on the hill. Here come that Methodist bunch right down with their good clothes on to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And one by one, ladies in their pretty silk summer garments walking out through that mud wiping the face with tears and lipstick washing off, coming out to, to make, uh, make confession and, and to be baptized, and along with that bunch, a strong, wide-shouldered uh, kind of a GI hair cup wide-faced, sturdy looking man walked out there with his pretty blue serge suit on. He said, I, too, have made my decision. That was Busty Rogers, without anybody telling him anything. Hallelujah. There I buried him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ upon his confession, and last week I placed him under the sod at Milltown. Now I spoke on the sermon of the perfectness of the resurrection. Hallelujah. I have been a missionary and seen the different gods and their philosophers, and that's all any of it is outside of Christianity. It's only a philosophy. Amen. How did they believe this, that, or the other? But the great Creator Amen. who made the creation, there, there has up. to be a Creator if there is a creation, and if Amen. there is a creation, it was made by a creator. Amen. And any man's work reflects himself. Amen. If he's a good partner, he does good work. He builds, and if he's a good uh, mechanic, he does good work. Your work only reflects you. Amen. God's creation reflects God. Amen. God made everything for a purpose, and everything that serves God's purpose, when it dies, it has a resurrection. Tell me one thing. And I brought in many things, like the flowers and the trees, and how the sun comes up of a morning. A little baby born, it's weak. It's raises about ten o'clock. It's a teenager, and at twelve o'clock, she's shining in her strength and the beauty of woman or manhood. And about two o'clock in the afternoon, it's getting about like me. And then about five o'clock in the afternoon, it's getting like grandfather. She's laying down, and finally her rays cools off from the earth, and she dies. Is that the end of it? She served God's purpose. She raised up the body life as she come across the earth. All the plants that had been dead the year before, she raised it up. Is that the end of her when she serves God's purpose? She rises again the next morning with a new life. Hallelujah. Every tree does the same. Everything Hallelujah. else, everything, moon, stars, solar system, everything promises. And if a man serves God's purpose, Hallelujah. there is a resurrection just as sure as anything. The only thing it has to do... Is God just waiting on time, just like He is now. The great leaves have just fallen off the tree, falling off rather, where the red, green, blue, brown, all different colors across the great breast of the earth, where God's nature lay dead beneath it, God just planted out His volcano. But He knows when He plants the volcano, as a resurrection in spring, the world has just a come around its orbit until it gets back right with the sun again, and it will rise in funeral flowers. Never say this is the end, no more than the leaves brown on the tree says it's the end. Only thing it has to do is for the time cycle of God to float around Amen. until the time of the coming of the Son of God, and every living creature that ever died in Christ will come forth again. Hallelujah. Amen. In his presence, remembering him. Oh, when I come to the end of my road, oh, praise <laughs> the Lord. I want to die in his presence. Remembering Him. That He is the resurrection and life. He is that one. Then as we come to the table of the Lord, the table of the Lord, as I have explained it here before, is not, if we believe what we call the communion, is, is the taking of the bread. We place the wrong, the the wrong, we place the right thing in the wrong place. It isn't the bread that matters. It isn't the wine that matters. That's the kosher bread and the wine. But the thing that is, is communion means to talk to. Amen. And in talking to Him, remembering Him. I think it's the most blessed time of the service. See? Every hour of our life ought to be a communion. Amen. A communion with the Lord is like an oasis in a desert. Amen. It's like the spring underneath the pond. Hallelujah. That where the the traveler coming by stops and drinks the water till he quenches his thirst. That's remembering the Lord. Yeah. Coming by the order of his table were the passing pilgrim that, that sojourning here on earth with us together, that we can come by his table and there drink Amen. of his blessings and all of his grace and all of his word Amen. in fellowship around His Word until our thirsty souls are satisfied, and then we leave the place of worship refreshed, satisfied, going out to meet the desert's problems again, the problems of life's desert. Yes, an oasis in the desert. Refreshing ourselves, making ourselves, uh, when we're thirsty, it should be with every worshiper. It is with every true worshiper that they long to get together. There's something about the fellowship that's divine. It's order of God. It is holy, sacred, and the righteous are thirsting for it. Amen. As David said, that his soul thirsted after God like Amen. the heart did the water, brother. The little wounded deer that the hounds that jerk plugs from its side And it's it's dripped away from it. And it stands painting and watching. Uh uh, We're smelling with the sense that God give it. It can smell water for miles. And it holds its little head in the air while it's bleeding. It's life out. And it knows if it can ever get to that spring. Uh, that it can live. Amen. No one's going to catch a man. He can never get Ohio, the water, he'll never a dog you can put after him. Amen. For he knows he, he's found the life-giving resource. Amen. Hallelujah. And when the church gets to that place, well, that Christ means so much Amen. to us that we thirst to get in his presence. Amen. And with each other, it's a life-giving resource no devil can ever overtake you. Even death itself is defeated there. Oh, what a hope, what a place refresh ourselves. And in doing so, remember Christ was the one who made it possible for us. He was the one who did these things for us. We must remember him. For remember, once we was aliens and without God. Gentiles carried away with dumb idols. But remember, Christ died, not for the Jew, but for every creature of Adam's fallen race. Christ died. As we come to remember him, at his spring of of communion, It it also reminds us of back in the time like Israel was in their journey, and they come yet in the very line of duty on their road from Egypt to their deliverance to the Promised Land, and in their very active duty got without water, and it was dry, and never looked Place ever uh, under ever hill that where there should be springs there was none, and they were perishing in the desert. Oh, and then there appeared the rock. Oh, <laughs> that Moses smote this rock, and from it came abundance of water. There were thirsty. Man, every thirsty woman, child, or even every thirsty beast could drink Say abundance that. of water. Yes, John three sixteen, the golden text of the Bible says, As God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth, believeth, come you, remembers Him, shall not perish, Amen. but will have eternal life. Amen remembering Christ was our rock that was smitten. Amen. To save a perishing world, a perishing Gentile, a perishing Jew, a perishing world, yeah. Christ gave forth his life in abundance Amen. that body that hungered and thirsted the prophet, Lo, come! Ye to the fountain, buy me milk and honey without price. Come, because it's the communion, come in remembrance of the Lord. Uh, I can think of the remembrance of the Lord again at a place of refreshment. In the well called bira rama which means in the Hebrew tongue, the well of him that liveth and seeth me. Amen. Hagar, misunderstood, yet in the night of duty, misunderstood, misjudged, I was cast out with no place to go with a perishing child. And the water was spent in the bottle, and the little fellow was crying, and only a mother's heart would know what it meant to hear. That cry for water as his little tongue swelling, and his lips parched, and her baby weakening every minute, passed out right in the line of duty, no place to go. She'd done without herself till she squeezed the last drop over his little parching lips and then the bottle was dry and she laid it down and started on, and the little fellow screaming for water, and he got weaker and weaker, and her only child. Yes. No doubt the water innocent heart would cry out, Oh God, what have I done? Yes. What have I done? And she couldn't stand to see the child die in her arms, so she laid him under a bush. And she went about a bow shot, probably a hundred yards or more, and seen a little tree, and she knelt down, and there she began to weep. Boy, she wondered why, if she did what was right, why should this thing come upon her? Many times we think that of our sickness and afflictions. See? But maybe it's all done to show grace and mercy. While she thought she heard the little faint cries as he finally faded out for water, she heard a voice speak and said, "Why weepest thou! What are you weeping for?" And she looked up, and she saw the well bubbling up. What a spring of refreshment. Ba, Lama. Or I, I may have that pronouncer wrong B-W-E-R-L-A-H-A-I-R-O-I, which means the well of him that liveth Amen. and seeth me. Amen. Him that can't die. Melchizedek, El-Shariah. Him that liveth. And seeth me, knowing my needs. He's remembered me. There. He remembered me as I remember him. And I know that he liveth and he has sprung up here in the desert. This well. Oh, could we apply that in an hour's message right now. Of this day now, when the desert of the churches of the denominations and and the 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 social gospel preachers and the the uh, fashions of the world has crept in and, and has denominated and broke up, And then to think that there stands again tonight the well of him that liveth and seeth me. That's what remembering Christ should mean to the worshiper. Yes. Oh, she was misunderstood and was cast out. Jesus said, when he was sure on the earth, I am the living waters. I am the waters of life. And I want to draw another little thought here. It comes to my mind. When Jesus was on trial, and for nothing else but mockery's sake, he was sent from Pilate to Herod. Now, Pilate didn't have to do that. And, you know, as he tried to wash his hands of it. Yeah. But once it's on your hands, you've got to make your decision. You can't push it on somebody else. Everybody. It's you as an individual. But he, he was sent to Herod just to, to make a, a mock on him. Because he had quite an aim of uh, being a miracle worker and so forth. And he was an outcast in the church, so Pilate himself... Uh, he thought he'd just send him over to Herod. And um, maybe it would kind of uh, straighten up the old grudge that had one against the other. Uh. And so Jesus was taken across the streets and down to the places till he met the higher court, Herod. And when he met Herod, Herod was presented with his only opportunity, how foolish can a man be
1: if Herod have
0: only knew that standing before him was the fulfillment of every Hebrew prophet. Of the long and the first of the world, which stood before him, the fulfillment of every sage and prophet that had ever spoke, the opportunity to satisfy his simple heart with grace and mercy—what a <laughs> foolish man he was! And yet, not. As much foolish as a man today that's presented with the same thing. Oh, so we've had 2,000 more years of his teaching, of his mercy. Oh, what a, a foolish thing that Herod did when he stood before him and never asked him for grace and mercy, never asked for pardoning his sin. He never knew that standing, he, uh, I don't think the man realized that standing before him was such a person. Amen. Let's let that soak for a minute. Because the man had not such a, a social name, a great social standing, of, of different organizations and and clubs and so forth that he was associated with. He didn't have a name like that. But he did have among the people that know the Bible and know the promise, may I go a little stronger, than that were predestinated Amen. unto eternal life. They recognized it the moment he stood there. But Herod had learned this. He never knew it. What a sad thing. Amen. All that the prophets had spoke of for 4,000 years, the fulfillment <laughs> of the crowd of the world stood before him. Amen. <laughs> there in his presence stood all the fulfillment. And as I might say this again, we'd think he was a foolish man because he made a foolish decision. Well, oh, you notice he never asked him for mercy. <clears throat> he asked him to, to entertain him. Oh, yes. uh, I have heard that you are a, a miracle worker. He asked for entertainment instead of mercy. Amen. That's what the world today is wrestling back the very decision of Herod. Amen. When they oh, see amen. the miracle-working Christ amen. doing amen. the same thing today that he did then and the only things they require, Let me see you do such and such. Amen. Oh, amen. You say, Herod will have a bad place to stand. The man of this day will have a worse place to stand. Amen. Herod had 4,000 years of experience of prophets and sages. We've got 6,000. Amen. Yes, amen. With a super teaching to what they had, Dan. Am I certain? What a thing. It did. So is it today. Same thing. What was the matter? Herod never gave it a serious thought. He never stopped to consider. And that's the way with the people of today. Oh yeah. They see this great something. It's got them startled. Yeah. But they don't stop long enough. They're trying to listen to some rabbi or some theologian who explains it all away, and yet, how oh, think of Jeffersonville, oh, how often would I have hovered you as a hen would her brood, oh. but you're not. How oh. often would I have gathered you? How would have made this the, the garden spot where all nations would have flown into. Oh, hey. yeah. oh, thank you, but you would not. Hey, now, see, what will Herod have to remember in that day? Oh, my. His grand opportunity. Yeah. He turned it down. And yonder somewhere in the regions of the lost tonight He's hey, remembering God. what he did about it. Yeah. It's too late now. Yeah. Don't let that be to us. Oh God. This is our visitation time. Yeah. Let's remember Christ that He's Never. the same yesterday, today, and forever. Never. Hebrews thirteen eight. Wait till some regions yonder in the dam in that dimension where you cannot go in the presence of God and your time is up on earth. In a nightmare, ha huh? you remember you had your opportunity. Oh yeah. And turn it away. Let the young people take notice to this. Let all take notice to it. Herod never gave it a serious thought. His only occasion, he only asked to be entertained. And that Jesus might do some kind of a trick. Take a rabbit out of the hat. Or, you know, or something. He thought he might be, and otherwise, he regarded him as like a magician. Uh, We've heard that you can do pranks. Uh, 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 Let me see you do your prank now. May I say this with reverence? But how many times has so-called ministers of this day has said, if there be a Holy Ghost, if you believe that the Holy Ghost is just like it was in the beginning, let me see you take old so and so over here, or this old this man over here, this woman over here. I'll go get him. Let me see you perform it. Do they realize that that's the same spirit? No, they don't. No. That said to Jesus, "If thou be the Son of God, make these stones bread." If thou be the Son of God, tell us who hits you on the head. If you're a prophet, tell us who hits you with a rag around his face. Wow. Hit him on the head and then pass the stick one to the other and say, Tell us if you're a prophet, tell us who hit you. We'll believe you then. Tell us uh, uh, if you're the Son of God. We're honest in our hearts. If you're the Son of God, come down off the cross and we'll believe you're the Son of God. I wonder if many people today, both men, women, young, and old, are not standing in that same spot. And you're going to remember someday Amen. that you were in His presence Amen. at His fountain Amen. and want to see a prank or want to see a trick or something that make me believe it. Let me have a shiver over my back and let me do this or that. Yes, I'll believe it. Lord. See? Some sensation. It's plain idolatry. Oh yeah. Oh. Let me re- You know Jesus said in one case, he asked a question I'd like to ask the church tonight. This. Jesus said, Why? Why? Why do you call me your Lord and do not the things that I commanded you to do? Why could you call me Lord and keep not my word? Why can you call me Lord and deny the things that I've commanded you to preach and teach? What is it? What does it? It's because that some denominational tradition stands between them and the Word. And anything that stands between you and God is an idol. It takes the place of God. Why call you Lord? Lord means ownership. Lord owns the property. And if God owns me, if I am His, and He turned me around one day when I was on the wrong road, and call called me for a purpose, what am I to do but to fulfill His desire? Like He did. How can Lord. I do anything else than to keep His Word? What do you call me, Lord? I will call another fellow here. See about him. What about Judas? What he has to remember him by? We're talking about remembering the Lord. Judas tonight, and all oh, until he's no more, will have to remember that he sold his birthright. He sold Jesus for personal gain. We ridicule Judas. We say he was a filthy, a, a, a bad guy. He's not fit for no place or no society. He isn't fit for heaven. Why? He sold his Lord. If he had the opportunity to even to be a a disciple, to be an apostle, the highest calling in the Bible higher than a prophet. He had the opportunity to be an apostle and sold that right for personal gain. And now he has to remember that. That's how he remembers Jesus' personal gain. I wonder how many of them tonight yet stand in the pulpit, yet wear the robe of the choir, set in the seat of the deacon or take the place of the treasure, trustee, or whatever it might be, his position in church or the minister at the pulpit and still selling his opportunity for personal praise. Dr. Bishop so-and-so. For personal praise personal gain. A man said to me once, I believe that's the truth, but if I preach that, i would be begging there in the street. Do you remember the rich man in Lazarus? What their last and their eternal stage stood at? Though one had was a beggar and the other was a rich man, but the picture changed one day. Hallelujah. And both of them could remember. So people tonight holler about Judas that sold him for personal gain. And so many do the same thing today, selling for personal gain. The priests of them days will also remember they sold their chance of him, their chance to become his servant, to become his disciple. To become a convert to him. They sold it for green poison, jealousy. Yes, amen. They were jealous of his doctrine. Why yes. when he's just twelve years old he could stump him anyway. Yes, amen. And not recognize that that was Messiah. Yes, they could not do the things that he did. And they were afraid that they'd lose their prestige before the higher up-and-up people. Oh, and they sold their opportunity, and they're just as guilty as Herod was. Yeah. Oh, and the church member of the day is the same. Amen. If they trusted in their denominations and so forth, them days, and was afraid of their uh, of their prestige to be put out of the synagogues. What was it then? It was idolatry, worshiping an idol creed, or an idol church religion, instead of accepting the living Word Amen. which was manifested before them, and they saw the Word of God. The Bible said, We have seen Him and handled Him. Amen. Human beings laid hands upon the literal, living, manifested Word of God. Hallelujah. And let traditions and creeds stand between them. Washing pots and pans. Such a filthy thing, stand between them and the living God. Yes. (laughs) What was it? They were prejudiced. They were prejudiced against his clean, clear-cut gospel scripture that he was teaching. Amen. The Father's Word. Yes, they were jealous of him. They were prejudiced of him. And as long as they have a, a members which still in hell, they'll remember. That's the way they'll be remembered. That's the way they have to remember him. You say, well, that was the Pharisees. There's a little lady that used to come to this church. Oh, I suppose maybe many of you know her. She lives down the street here a ways. She had fallen away, and every time I see her, she runs to me, puts her hands in mine. Uh, Brother Bill, pray for me. I'm backslidden. Her husband is a... No, I think he live right up the street here. I've seen her in the Spirit, seen the Spirit of God on her, and her dancing, rejoicing and so forth. And she'd fallen away, and she was laying recently in the hospital out here, dying, they thought. And she'd for me to come pray for her. She and her husband was awfully good to my wife, and my wife a little ragged, dirty-faced girl. And they'd buy her a little dress or something now and then to help her to go to school. No matter how little it is. You can't do one thing Amen. for God, unless he remembers it. In so much as you have done unto the least of these, my little ones, you have done it unto me. And like bread upon the water it will return. There laid this poor little backslidden woman, crying, holding my hand, and she, I said, well. "'Sister, uh, I'll I'll have prayer for you.'" And laying next bed to her was a woman laying there with her hands crossed looking at me and her young son sitting by her side of about 20, a modern Ricky-looking. So uh, not no disregard if somebody's name should be Ricky, but, I mean, that's a... You never heard of a name like that in days gone by. Elvis and Ricky, and it's just the name of the age, you see. If you've got a child named that, call it its middle name, so, or give it one." Then when she, uh, uh, sitting there like that, looked over, and I, I started to bow my head, and I seen her looking real, she said, "'Wait a minute, pull that curtain!' I said, "'I was uh, only going to offer prayer for the lady, aren't you a, a believer?' She said, I'll tell you now, we are Methodists, and we want you to pull that curtain. Yes, ma'am. Not pull the curtain. See? The same thing. The same thing today. So prejudiced. How did she know what kind of a minister I was? I'd never seen the woman. But she probably had heard somebody say, that I believed in the healing of the sick, and she'd been caught against it. She had nothing to do with it, and she washed her hands of it. She's afraid it would fall on her. Don't worry, it won't. No more than Pilate could wash it off of his hands. Now, that isn't saying anything disgracefully about Methodist people. That was just one woman. See? It might have just been her attitude. I don't think all the Methodist people would be like that because I've prayed for many of them. They called me to pray for them. And signs and wonders have been done among them. It never is the people in them churches, it's the system that they're under that's what does it. But she was one of them kind. What was, what was it? Pure, green eyed, poisoned, devil possessed jealousy. Never. I could say something at, at a certain a meeting that was here in the city one time, and they asked why they didn't call me to it. <laughs> but I'll just pass that because I'm at home. But uh, however, no reason. It's just jealousy. Amen. It's creed. Amen. It's idolatry. Amen. How that we would like to throw our arms to everyone. But when you're shunned, Jesus wanted to do it. Remember, someday you've got to remember that. Yes. You've got to remember. Amen. This reminds me of a testimony that was made recently, a minister, and was on an elevator going up over here at the Hayburn building. And there were three men standing with this minister on the on the elevator, and they, uh, they didn't know this man was a minister, I suppose not. And as they went up, they all stopped at the eighth floor. And one man looked around to the minister and said, You know what? Uh, this is this is about as close to heaven as we'll ever get. <laughs> well, the minister said, I, I suppose you're right. <laughs> I, I guess that you're right. For as long as we're trusting in our own merits, this is as close as we'll ever be. Right? As long as you're trusting in what you do. You're remembering what you've done. And I'm sure that most of us know we didn't do nothing. We're not deserving of anything. That I suppose if we're trusting our own merits, this is as far as we'll ever get. Well, if we're trusting, that's as far as we'll get. But oh, I'd like to say something. If I can forget what I was and remember what He is. If I can remember Jesus. If I can remember Him at the cross. Amen. If I can remember what He's done for me. If I can remember the hour that He washed away my sins and give me the Holy Spirit to guide me. Then I'm lifted above everything that holds this earth. I'm lifted above every earthly thing into heavenly places in Christ Jesus yes, amen. where I can fellowship with Him. There in His presence, forgetting what I ever was, forgetting all my sins and everything because they're in the sea of forgetfulness, forgetting all my past, Forgetting everything and remember that he made me his own by his own death. He took my place. And I that had not a right to go nowhere but to hell, he took my place and lifted me from hell. He went there for me. And he lifted me up by his grace abundance. Until now, we are sons and daughters of God. And we sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, ever rejoicing and remembering Uh, Him who brought us safe thus far. And with pulsating faith in our souls, precious. And by grace, He'll take me on. And by eyes of faith, I see Scripture fulfilled. All that He foreknew, He has called. All that He called, He has justified. All that He has justified, He has glorified. Therefore, with this in thought, I stand in the congregation of the people where the Spirit of God is and are lifted up and set in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, looking for the hour when this vile, bigger of human life that's got a mortal heart beating, which has to stop someday when it will be changed and given a heart of the Spirit that will beat hey, right. out all sickness, oh, time beyond, hey, right. without sickness, without sorrow, without old age or anything. Oh, oh, remember Jesus. When the barrel gets emptied at the house and there's no more flour, remember Jesus. When the doctor says there's no more chance to remember Jesus. Hallelujah. When the devil is tempting you, as we sing our dismissing song, when temptations around us gather, breathe that holy name in prayer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remembering Jesus. Thank you. Remembering that He will come again. The same Jesus that was taken away from us will return again in like manner as we have seen him go into heaven. Remember, he will return for those of his own. Let us pray. And with our heads bowed, and with this little broke-up message still in your heart, would you like for him to remember you now? If you would, just raise your hands and some special thing, Lord, remember me. As the poet said, remember me when tears are falling down. Our Most Holy Father, we have immensely enjoyed the presence of the Holy Spirit as He has Shown to us the Word of Life as we remember the pit from which we were hewn and have now been taken from that pit and molded into God's children by the grace of Jesus Christ. I remember Him when a doctor looked in my face. And said, "In just a few more minutes." I remember Jesus. I remember Jesus when I was at the altar crying for mercy, and my soul was burdened down. I remember the load that left me. Jesus took my burden. A few months ago sitting on the bench, looking down the scope of a gun barrel to shoot a target, and Satan must have thought, this is my opportunity now. And when the gun exploded and the barrel and stock and the gun action went every way and the fire flew all around me. I tried to raise to my feet, the blood spurting. I remember. It was Jesus. When the doctor, when he looked and seen no harm done, he said, "The only thing I know that the Lord must have been sitting there too, protecting his servant. He should have been blown to pieces by such an explosion." Oh, God, how we all remember those things. We come to the fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Bless us, Lord, together tonight. You know the, the objective and the motive behind every heart that raised a hand. You know the desire and the need. And as your servant, Lord, I, I come with them. And, and up out of this tabernacle now, by faith, Hallelujah. we go beyond the clouds and the moon and the stars and the, the milky white way, and now we arrive in the presence of God and stretch the in front of him as a golden altar. Uh, On there lays the sacrifice that we remember Jesus. It said, Just ask the Father anything in my name, I'll grant it. Amen, let our faith fail not, Lord. But let us remember that we receive what we ask for if we believe it, as we remember Jesus died to secure it for us and to make it sure. Lord. We see that you're increasing our building. It was you that did this for us, that uh, give us this extension of the church. And we know that it was you, Lord, who gave us the church in the beginning. We pray that you bless these efforts. Lord, we pray for our pastor, Brother Neville, your humble and gracious, faithful servant. Is willing to minister in any capacity no matter if it's in the back seat or if it's to clean up the church. Wherever you need him there, he wants to be instrumental to serve you. Wherever you call, we pray God that that you bless him. God, this great trial that have just come through and These trustees who stood by me, this church who who prayed for me, finally the victory came. Oh, Oh, God, I pray for them. I remember them too, Lord, and I'm sure you do. We remember the blessings that you have been to us. And we remember your word that you would never leave us nor forsake us. Old age will have nothing to do with it. You'll still remember us. When the world shall be no more and time shall fade into eternity. It is written something like this, could a mother forget her suckling babe? I can never forget you. You're engraved upon the palms of my hands, the nails that engraved our name. We know that you remember us, Lord, and may you always be in our fondest memories as our Savior, our Healer, our King, our Lover, our Life, our Sunshine. Oh, all in all, that inexhaustible fountain of God's grace and love, till we Fallen human beings of Adam's family. Grant it, Lord, as we commit ourselves to Thee now, going from the tabernacle tonight, remembering Jesus. Amen. Do you remember Him? You love Him? Now I think. In our little broken message, we might say this. Paul said, whatever we do, we do in the Spirit, and in all things we should remember Him. Let's not make a decision until we remember Him. Let's do nothing cause it to be rational. If the enemy smites one side of the cheek, let's remember what he did. Before we smite back, let's remember his action. If there is a decision to be made, let's wait and remember what kind of a decision we think he would make, then let that be our decision. If we get hasty, let's remember he never was in a hurry. If we get over-anxious, remember he dwells in eternity. Time means nothing to him. It's the uh, motive and objective of our heart. Let's remember him. And let's remember him now as we sing this song in the spirit of his presence. I love him. If you dwell in love, you dwell in God, for God is love. They that dwell in God dwell in love, and love has no hatred. Love is not jealous. Love is not puffed up. Love does not misbehave itself. Love is always gentle, sweet, forgiving, kind. No matter how bitter the others is, love remains itself. Love is the ultimate of grace. Love is God's ultimate for us. After all other gifts and things has vanished, our prophecy, our tongues, our interpretations. All that we've ever done, or what more? When love comes in, it's the ultimate. It's above all. Because all other fails. It's a, it's the Supreme Court's decision. It's the typos, it's the North Star that keeps the semen level. It's a compass that guides us. Love is the ultimate. Let's remember it as we're saying, "I love him." I love him I." the sweetness of fellowship while we're studying together in heavenly places in Christ, I take all everything from your heart. And remember, God's Word says so. I am His servant. He's here. Then let's just shake hands with somebody and say, God bless you, brother. You got any of me? Rise up and go to him. God bless you, brother, as we sing the chorus again and shake hands with one another. Won't you do it now, real sweetly, in the Spirit? I love you. God bless you. I love you. Because you first loved me. up now ah uh- remembering our sister cards sweetly and softly I'm going to ask our good brother Brother Neville you got a word you want to say I'm going to ask Brother Collins back there our loyal little brother here one of the associates if he will dismiss us in prayer while we bow our heads Brother Collins